Welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is to empower, inspire, and mentor people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant in their fitness. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue. Join with me as my co-host, Annabelle Rios. All right, we are going live in three, two, one. Welcome, guys, to another episode. Uh, you know the drill. Go to Instagram, like it. Wait, is it like it? Follow? I don't know. I guess it's follow. Which one? Is it follow? I'm going to Follow us. Follow us. And also go on Etz. Etz? Etz. No longer Twitter. Etz. Never heard of her. <laughs> Facebook, it is like the page. Like the page on Facebook. And oh. give us a five-star review. That's right. On the we're, podcast. We're going to twist your arm if not. Man, I am struggling today. It, we... <laughs> For like one of the first times in a while, we actually had to delete the intro. We were like slap happy as we were recording this. <laughs> we were, I like, we normally joke around and like, what do I say? Is it three, two, one, one, two, three? But we got that part right. But then we just gave each other this look. I was like, wait, you who's talk? talking? You're talking? I'm talking? It was like five minutes of silence before we we're like, what? And then it was like ACL. Never heard of her. <laughs> Anyway, guys, we're, we're a little slapped. We're recording on a different day of the week. We're a little out of our rhythm. So hang with us today as we talk about how to rehab your ACL. Last time we talked about preventing it. Yeah. Clearly, you didn't listen. Clearly. <laughs> and now we're here. And now we're at this point. <laughs> but before we get into that, I want to tell you about a very special friend of ours. I guess they're not a friend. It's a company. Legions Athletics. Legions is the number one brand of all natural supplements in the world. There's a few good reasons. All their products are 100% natural. No artificial sweeteners, flavors, or dyes. Legion doesn't use any proprietary blends. What you see is what you get. And Legion's only uses the clinically effective dose of the ingredients that have been proven to work. So if you like what you just heard, head on over to www.legionsathletics.com. Use code HEROES, H-E-R-O-E-S, to get 20% off your first order and double loyalty points on each order after that, a.k.a. free stuff. So to go do that. Legion's Athletic. <laughs> um, but yeah, as, as Annabelle just said, you didn't listen to her advice. Maybe something, maybe some freak accident happened. Congrats, you tore your ACL. Now what wow, happens? Wow, wow. So today's episode... The first thing we need to figure out is, are you a coper or a non-coper? Yeah, copper or non-copper. Cap, cap. So I don't even think that's a word. My, my. I mean, I guess it is, but word is not liking it. It's like underlying it in red. But basically, Wrong. will you cope or will you not cope with your mm. ACL being torn? Is that going to be, I know we're probably going to get into it, based on grades, level of tears. And we briefly talked about it last Yeah, time. these are talking majority about full tears. Mm, grade mm-hmm. threes, as we talked about last mm-hmm, episode. Mm-hmm. So I want to just actually uh, quote from a study by Paterno. So this is just what uh, one of their articles said. It says, the current evidence suggests a small percentage of patients can successfully return to pivoting and cutting sports in the absence of an intact ACL. If a patient decides to pursue non-operative management in hopes of returning to pivoting and cutting sports, he or she should either participate in a rigorous screening tool, such as the one developed by Fitzgerald, or have a discussion about activity modification and staying away from pivoting and cutting activities. 
end quote. So in simple terms, only a small percentage of people can actually return to high level activities after they've fully torn their ACL. But there are some people that are very against surgery. And so I want to take you through today what that looks like. How are you wanting to return to high level sports and don't want surgery? Then I'm, we're going to talk about the screening tool. If you are, you know, not really wanting to return to high level sports uh, and you're not wanting surgery, then we need to talk about activity modification. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the very end, I'm going to unveil my three phase, not operative physical therapy protocol for regardless of if you um, are, you know, act, uh, modifying your activity or, you know, trying to return to sport uh, would work well for, for you. So question yeah. for you. Outside of personal preference, whether to have surgery or not, what, I guess, is there any benefit to not having a surgery? What, well, I guess, why would, would someone decide not to? So... I mean, obviously, some people are very scared sure. of having any sort of surgery. So I guess outside of that, realm. well, think about let's just say, and I don't want to like put these type of parameters on people, but what if you're 50 years old and you know you just like you, your activities, you like to go on some runs, you like to do a little weightlifting mm-hmm. and hike with your family. You tore your ACL, you don't have insurance, you can't afford the surgery, you know, sure. so there can be insurance stuff involved, or maybe you just don't like it's. I don't want to be out for my job won't let me be out for six months. Some uh, stuff like that. Okay. Um, there and there's different, you know, scenarios that can play out here. But you know, for some reason, some people won't have surgery on this. Sure. And, you know, for various reasons. Hmm. But I do recommend with this to have surgery. Uh, I'm 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 fairly against surgery, even though I'm a PT and see a lot of post-surgical <laughs> things. But yeah. this is one that is. You know, they've got this one down pat. This one's, uh, they're running through these pretty good at this point. Well, I mean, I think you see pro athletes go through, unfortunately, they go through this in the next season. It's almost as if nothing happened. Yeah. And something that that article did, didn't did say in that thing that I quoted, but it was in uh, like the later part of the article is mm-hmm. that there, if there is damage to uh, the joint, the subchondral bone, the meniscus, or any other of the ligaments, that small percentage of patients that can successfully return to sport without having surgery drastically drops. This is just you purely tore your ACL and nothing else was damaged. So the more damage involved in the mm. injury, the less likely you're going to be able to return to the same level of sport that you were before. So, yeah, I mean, that's why, that's why you say you should probably get it checked out. For sure. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's just say, again, you're one of the people you're not wanting to have surgery. Uh, you just tore your ACL. I'm going to take you through a screening tool. And what this screening tool is going to do is give you a good idea. If you can complete these tasks, then you have a, a good chance of returning to sport. Okay. Um, but this this school this this tool is going to catch a lot of people. I mean, th- this is a this is a tough screening tool, especially if you just you know are feeling unstable and you have some pain and there's some swelling and you're hurting. Um, so there's a long screening tool, and then I've got my simple screening tool, kind of taking the the best out of that it's less evidence-based but it's more practical so here's the screening tool there's there's eight tests i guess you could say so the first test is a single hop for distance so you you get on the leg that just tore (laughs) and you hop as far as you can with on that one leg for distance 
and then you hop on your non-surgical leg or the non-injured leg mm-hmm. and you do that as far as you can. Okay. Let's just say it's, you know, five feet versus two and a half feet. I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there. Mm. So five feet with your good leg, two and a half feet with your bad leg. That's about 50%. You, you, you jumped about 50% of your good side, right? So five feet yeah. compared to two and a half feet. And what this screening tool is saying, you want at least 80% symmetry between the injured and non-injured leg. So you'd have to jump, I don't know what the math is there. It's three and a half feet, I think, is what it would be. So that's a pretty rigorous standard on some of these things. But this is what they found give the best results for a small percentage of people to actually return to sports. That's test number one, single hop for distance. The second test is a triple crossover hop for distance. So basically, (laughs) I know. So you basically have a line, you can put a line of tape that is 15 centimeters wide and you just, you know, go, you know, 10 feet with it or something like that. So on the injured leg, you hop over the line, you land, then you hop back over the line, you land and you hop back over the line and you land. So you're basically going forward and to the side. And then you do that with your non-injured leg and you want it to be at least 80%. If it's less than that, you failed the test. The second is a, or the third, sorry, is a straight triple hop for distance. So you just hop three times as far as you can on one leg, do it with your non-injured leg, compare, got to be at least 80%. Mm. Number four, a timed hop in which the subject hops a distance of six meters as rapidly as possible. So you're just, you're hopping as quick as you can, uh, far as far forward as six meters as you can. Mm-hmm. And then you compare the time to your non-injured leg. So this one, that you one's These all sound painful. Doesn't it? I think about it, if you just da- just damaged your ligament. Anyway, this is what they this is what they found. This is what the research says. Number five is a quadriceps femoris or knee extensing knee extensor maximum voluntary isometric strength test. So they've got this thing that you you kick and you uh, kick your leg out into, and it measures how much you, force you can produce, and you and you measure it compared to your injured leg. Mm. Got to be at least eighty percent. There's a global rating of knee pain function. There's a little outcome measure. Like you, you answer some questions regarding your knee. Then there's a knee outcome survey of uh, activities of daily, daily living. So again, another survey you take, and there's certain scores you have to get on that. Um, and then the last thing, number eight, is the number of reports of the knee giving way from the time of injury to the time of testing. So typically this would be tested Pretty soon after you injured your leg, you'd want to, you kind of want to know right away because you know, you know, you tore it and you're trying to figure out if you want to have surgery or not. And they want less than one incidence of giving way. So anything over one, you fail that test. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So that's going to cut out a lot of people. So you might even be looking at that going, yeah, there's no, there's no way. I don't even have to attempt those things to, to yeah. know I have to pass that. So I made. Cam, do you have any questions about that? No, that makes sense. Okay, then I've got Cam's simple screening tool because guess what? No one's going to have the those. The special. The ho- <laughs> <laughs> um, no one's going to have those outcomes surveys. No one's going to have a isometric um, uh, strength test meter that measures that. Mm-hmm. So here's what I think. I've got four out of, instead of eight. I still like the single hop for distance. I still like the triple hop for distance. I still like the triple crossover hop for distance. You animal. I know. Uh, and then I like the incidence of the knee giving way, less than one incidence. I would say actually less than one or two because it's definitely going to buckle on you a couple times. 
So getting left in the toilet, yeah. you know it's gonna buckle. <laughs> Especially when I unloaded. <laughs> so if you pass that, then you know obviously you have a high incident. You have a higher chance of returning to sport without surgery. Then you need to go through a rehab protocol, um, which we're gonna get to in a second. Oh my goodness, I forgot to give the disclaimer. We got we got talking about our mess ups earlier. Here is a disclaimer, people. I should have said this at the beginning. I'm gonna say this now. Always seek advice from your medical doctor, from your PCP. Always check with them. I recommend seeing a physical therapist to assist you in all rehab. I do. I do recommend that. Do your research, though. You don't want just a rando therapist that doesn't know what they're talking about. And there are some of those out there. There's a lot of good therapists now. Don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong. But you want a good therapist. Do some research. Ask friends. All that kind of stuff. So I always recommend speaking to your physical therapist and your medical provider to assist you again i'm just trying to arm everybody with the tools um give you some know-how and what you need to do take your next step or if you're trying to do this on your own type deal that that was my disclaimer okay so there's the one group of people you're trying to return you pass the test others of you will not pass that test a large majority of you will not pass that test so we need to actually start talking about activity modification you're not going to return to soccer unless you have surgery So we need to start talking about what that looks like. Or you might not be doing X, Y, or Z. We need to talk about what that looks like. Mm -hmm. So basically, when we're talking about modifying activities, we're saying we're wanting to try to avoid the activities that give you the feeling of instability. And you'll know what that, you'll know if you've tore it, you'll know what that means. The knee just doesn't feel secure. It feels like it's going to twist, buckle, give way forward, whether that's, or, or even with rotation, it's going to feel weird. And it's a, again, it's a feeling of instability and the feeling is because you actually have instability, but you'll, you'll, right. there's not going to, you won't be here like pops or clicks. You'll just have that feeling inside and you'll know, you'll know what we're talking about. Yeah. So one thing is you, you got to avoid those dynamic high level activities, soccer, football, basketball, skiing, like the knee is just not, she's not going to hold it's, and Unless again, you pass that, that test it's your, you're not gonna you're not gonna hold. But even then, it's at eighty percent, right? Right. So you're still. Would you say you're still at risk? Oh yeah. Making it worse if you're doing these dynamic. Activities? I mean, we. I mean, again, we talked last episode about when we're prevent trying to prevent ACL tears, that some of the things that give you at more risk is that being deconditioned, mm-hmm. having that weak core where you are putting more stress onto those ligaments and they're taking mm-hmm. more of the force. So now if one ligament's gone, you got all the other ligaments now taking on some of the force and everything. So yeah, it's going to make you more risk for potential injury for other things as well. Yeah. Especially if you're 80%. So what the research kind of recommends is instead of being able, you know, avoiding dynamic activities, try focusing on like straight line sporting activities rowing, jogging, cycling, swimming, triathlons, where they're still, they can still be high level. Don't get me wrong. You can still compete. You can still, Mm -hmm. you know, do all that kind of stuff if you're, if you're, you know, into that, but it's probably going to be better if you're doing straight line activities where you're not cutting, pivoting, all that kind of jumping, all that kind of stuff. Another uh, thing that comes up is CrossFit. Well, do I have, do I have to avoid CrossFit if I've torn my ACL? And um, I would say you don't have to, but you'll definitely have to modify some of the exercises. Yeah. For sure. There's going to be things that you just, you won't be able to do. You'll have that feeling of instability and giving out and the potential to, you know, hurt yourself even more. 
Um, but then again, there's a lot of things in CrossFit that you will be able to do. Um, you'll just have to, you'll, you'll, you'll know your body. You'll kind of see what it feels like, but there's 100% things that you're going to have to modify if you go back to CrossFit. So people ask weightlifting, do I, do I have to avoid weightlifting? And I'd say, uh, no, you don't have to avoid it unless again, the exercise is causing feelings of instability. Or maybe like you can modify similar mm-hmm. to CrossFit, like maybe yep. like a back squat may make you feel unstable, but a leg press doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there's there's things that you are now going to have to start modifying. You can still do some of the task. You'll just start to feel the instability, and that most likely will not get better unless you have surgery. Mm-hmm. So again, and there can be a bunch of other things as well that you can modify. But I want to hit the big ones because most of our people listening are you know, into fitness, sports, all that kind of stuff. Sure. So I want to make sure that we hit some of the big ones on the activity modification. So you just tore your ACL. You don't want to have surgery. I've got a protocol for you to follow. Doctor's orders. Doctor's orders. Um, and I'm going to try, like, it's, it's so hard to give you a protocol over a podcast. I'm going to, you know, and this isn't, as in depth as it would be. I'll be put in the show notes. We'll put in the show notes. There we go. Um, and again, seeing a physical therapist there, they would be able to adapt to your um, specific needs. Exactly where you're at. Exactly where you're at. Again, I can't see exactly where everyone's at, but this is a good uh, general protocol that I would use, that I use in the clinic. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I got three phases of my protocol here. I said that really country. My protocol. (laughs) Three phases here. So phase number one, we want, it's the post-acute injury impairment. So you're going to have some things that come up as soon as you injure your knee. Mm-hmm. So what we want to address, hemarthrosis, okay, bleeding in the joint cavity is what that means, um, swelling, loss of range of motion, acute weakness in that knee because not that the muscles are weak, but you're going to have a, you're going to have some weakness due to the injury, some acute weakness. So those are the main things that in this post-acute injury impairment phase, phase one, we want to work on some of the things. Some people are like, well, is this like one week, four weeks? And you know, some, you know, post-surgical protocols are a little bit more, you know, by the week, with this, we're going to look more at, you know, how your body's responding. Like mm-hmm. you move to the next phase when, we'll actually get there in a second, when you can do X, Y, and Z. But during this phase, here's some things we want to work on. The big one's going to be compression. Go get some sort of ace bandage, some sort of compression sleeve. You want, we want to start to help some of that bleeding in the joint cavity and some of the swelling. Why is there bleeding in the joint cavity? Even though ligaments are more avascular or or have less of a blood supply, tearing that ligament is going to open up where it's going to bleed, and it's going to bleed inside the joint. So we want to try and pump a lot of that out of there as we can, let the body absorb it, um, and get that swelling out of there. The compression is really going to help. So my recommendation is you want to keep knee com- you want to keep compression on that knee if you're walking around. And so basically during the day. Uh, you can take it off at night or if it starts to feel kind of uncomfortable, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like just, it's hard to have something on your knee for that long, but disclaimer, don't wrap it so tight that it cuts off your circulation. <laughs> don't be an idiot. Yeah. <clears throat> don't think the tighter you wrap it. That means it's going to, the more if your gonna, legs turn in purple. It's not good. <laughs> no, that's what I literally put down there. I was like, look at your foot for discoloration. Is it turning a different color? Mm. If it is, make it less tight. <laughs> so don't be an idiot. Okay. Compression. Huge. 
Next, elevation, getting that knee above your heart. That's also going to help with that joint, uh, the bleeding in the joint and the swelling. The body, can you can use the body's natural um, um, circulation and lymphatic system to help pull some of that out by elevating the knee. Let gravity do its work. Um, so I would say in the evening times, get that leg. If you're, if you're sitting, lay down and prop. In bed, keep your knees slightly propped. That's really going to help. You don't have to elevate all day, obviously, but when you have the time. Okay, the next thing we want to work on is that acute weakness in the quad that we're feeling. So one good exercise is called a quad set. It's basically you lay, <clears throat> you lay down, you put a little towel behind your knee, and you're trying to push the back of your knee into the towel, like contracting your quad muscle, like squeezing your quad muscle. Mm. And it's going to actually be really hard to do that, especially um, because of the swelling, because of the pain, because of the injured uh, ligament. The quad is not going to want to fire like that. So this is actually going to be a lot harder than it than it seems. So by just contracting and doing an isometric quad set or quad contraction, that is going to help to quote unquote, wake up that muscle. And it can help pump out some swelling too, because you have that, you know, muscles are a big way you actually get swelling out of an area because you get them Mm. to contract. So I would say, try to do that for three minutes of just squeezing, relaxing, squeezing that muscle, relaxing, and try to build up to three sets. So you'd be doing this for about nine minutes total during the day. Any set, any questions on that? Anna? So you're saying maybe do one one set in the morning, one in the afternoon, one in the evening? Yeah. In the first day, you might only get one set in before you're like, that was tough. Yeah. Like that my quads, you know, shiv- or shivering. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like. Uh, shaking. Shaking. That's the word, dadgummit. Um, another exercise you want to get into is they're called knee slides. Okay. So you, there's a bunch of different ways you can do this. The easiest way, you sit in a chair. On some sort of slick surface like uh, hardwood floors, tile, I don't care, with a sock on. And you just slide your leg and see how far you can kind of pull it underneath your body. Um, and you would, and after you get as far as you feel comfortable going, you'd kick it back out, letting it slide on the floor. That's why they're called knee slides. You're sliding your leg, bending that mm. knee. Do it for three minutes. Build up to three sets. So now you're up to 18 minutes of exercise or rehab during the day. The next thing you want to try to do is once you feel like your your quad is adequate, adequately able to contract and you can hold it for a good bit, you want to try straight leg raises. So you're laying on your back, you, you contract your quad, and you just raise your leg up as high as you can and then back down. And you want to build up to about, I don't know, anywhere from 15, 30 repetitions, maybe 20, something like that. Yeah. Build up to three sets. Um, so not only are you going to get a good quad contraction with that, you're also going to get the leg elevated too. You'll, so you get a little bit of that, a little bit of that. Attempt to do these every day. These are the these are the core the core ones of compression. So elevation. You're saying elevate, compress, and then do your actual exercise, which is a quad set, knee slide, and then the uh, straight leg race. Yeah, I think these are I think these are good to work on initially. I mean, we're talking a week after you injured it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you really want to do, and there's other things you can do too. And you know, anything that doesn't cause pain or instability, you can do those things during this phase. It's just you probably won't be able to because if your quad isn't hard, isn't strong enough at this point to contract uh, to raise your leg, you're probably not going to be doing any squats. So like you're just going to give out. Mm-hmm. So I recommend when you move on to phase two is when the swelling in that leg looks like your non-injured knee or pretty 
pretty close. You know, it doesn't have to be exactly. I don't have to pull out a tape measure and, you know, do a circumvent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't say that word today, man. Do a measurement around your name. Um, it's got to look pretty close. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to uh, bend your knee 120 degrees. Cam, what's 120 degrees? I don't have one of those <laughs> handy dandy measuring tools. I'm glad you asked. So if you're sitting down and your knees at 90 degrees, you should know what 90 degrees looks like. You know, have someone look at it from the side. If you can slide it back, so like, or actually, you would put like a little mark where your heel is at 90 degrees. Measure how big your foot is. Put it on where your the back of your heel is, and if you can slide your knee back to where it is about one foot away from where you were at at 90 degrees that's going to be getting you pretty close to 120 i don't know if that makes any sense you're you're sitting in a chair your legs bent to 90 degrees you want about as far as your foot that would be like measured from behind your heel and you just keep sliding that leg and bending your knee until you're about that distance from Mm. your start point that's going to get you pretty close to 120 and then you want zero degrees of extension meaning your knee is straight uh, you want to be able to perform at least 30 repetitions of that straight leg raise without your knee bending, okay? And then you want your pain levels to be below a, th- uh, below a three, you know, a.k.a. like mild pain, whatever you would consider mild. Like there's severe, moderate, mild, mm-hmm. you know, that mild and potentially a little moderate, but more on the mi- mild side. That's when you know you can progress to phase two. And there's a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot of, you know, bleed over and all that kind of stuff in the clinic. And, you know, that's why having a good physical therapist can guide you through this. And it's not so like systematic, you know, there's a little give and take. Any questions on phase one, Annabelle? No, I think that makes sense. We're just trying, we're really just trying to get those initial impairments under control. So that way we can start to focus on phase two, which is maximize strength. We want to maximize the strength. So things we want to address in this phase are the knee weakness and you can still potentially have some loss of knee range of motion. You know, there can still be some swelling in there, all that kind of stuff. So we still want to work on the range in that knee. Okay. Things to work on. We want on all these things I'm about to say too, you want to progress, add weight, go to the next progression of the exercise. When the activity you're having minimal to no feeling of instability or pain. Mm-hmm. So again, that's a, that's something that you, only you can figure out because it's internal to you. But when you have that is when you can kind of make um, the exercises harder, blah, blah, blah. A good thing to get on is a stationary bike, recumbent bike, upright bike, doesn't really matter. Start biking. That's going to be great. That's going to help start. And you can kind of do that in that initial phase too. But a lot of people, you know, at that point, a few weeks after the injury, you're not going to be wanting to head to the gym, you know, you're going to want to be doing things you can do at home. But at this point, we want to make sure we're getting on the stationary bike. I recommend five to 20 minutes, something like that. Minimum five, max 20 for now. That's going to be a really good exercise. We want to start initiating some body weight mini squats. So whether you're holding onto something or you got a chair behind you, you want to start giving a little bit of a squat motion, just mini quarter squat. You're not going too deep. Mm -hmm. You're starting to wake up that knee. And then of course the progression would be a full squat. You squat down to 90 degrees and back up. Sets and reps, you know, we'll stick we'll stick with a classic three sets of ten. Once you can do three sets of ten with a mini squat and no feelings of instability or minimal pain, progress to the full squat. Mm. Uh, you want to be able to to work on step ups, you know, stepping up onto a stool, a step, you know, what a box, whatever. 
and progressing it to be a higher step. So once you feel like you can do that step height for three sets of 10, you want to build up to a higher step height uh, and work up from there. You got some step downs where you're, you're literally face the opposite direction. You're just stepping off and back on. But you keep, what, you keep your injured leg on the stool. So you step off with your non-injured and then back up. Step off with your non-injured, then back up. Hey, on the on the on the step up, how high should they go? Uh oh, I mean, I have people go up to about twelve inches in the clinic. Oh, okay. So it's a pretty big step. I yeah. start them off at a four, then I go six, eight, twelve. Okay. Um, but I mean, technically, you could you could get up to the point where you're stepping up on like a box, like where you do a box squat, and mm. that's that could be twenty four to, you know, gosh, it could be up to. Th- I mean, I maybe not do thirty six, but it could get up to twenty four inches. Yeah. Um. Start with some mini lunges. Um, same thing, like a quarter lunge, working to a full lunge, three sets of 10. Uh, we also want to do some more of like lateral movements. So like sidestepping with a band around your ankles or knees. We don't want to overlook the hips. Uh, a side-to-side lunge. Um, again, three sets of 10. Uh, and, here's, and here's when we get to the goodies. Once you're able to do the full squat, the full lunge, a good step up, height, again, I don't know, eight to 12 inches, whatever. Um, and a good step down height. I really wouldn't go higher than like a six inch on a step down. Okay. Um, we can start barbell deadlifting and barbell back squatting. And we're going to start building some strength. Um, I personally, on my surgical ACL patients, before they can move on to the dynamic phase where they're re- where we're doing the, re- the return to sport activities, they've got to be able to deadlift their body weight and squat at least 50% of their body weight. Mm. And it gives them a goal. A, lo- a lot of, and again, I, I, they're mainly younger uh, clients, like we talked about that 14 yes. to 25. But for them, and they're trying to return to sport, they got to be able to, de- they got to have that strength. They got to mm-hmm. be able to deadlift their body weight, squat half their body weight. And that would be my recommendation for this before you move on to the next phase. I would say don't attempt these every day. Obviously, that's, that's way too much. And you might not do all of these at the same time. You know, you might need to mix and match. Give yourself 30 to 40 minute session. Do it three times a week. You know, just like you would do any sort of workout program. Maybe you add in this exercise at some point, and then you add in this exercise. But the way I have them laid out there is the progression I'd, I would go in. Start with the bike, start with some mini squats, do some step ups. And that might be your first session. Day one, you do that two times a week. And then on that third workout of the week, you add in step down. I don't know. Like you just have to feel your body and feel what the instability. So you're saying start with like two exercises. Yeah. Something like that. It's variable. You know, your body Mm -hmm. again, see a physical therapist. They'll be able to guide you through. So try that three times a week. When to progress to phase three, like we like we said about the deadlifting your body weight, back squatting 50% of your body weight, and being able to complete most of those activities without the feeling of instability or pain. Like you feel pretty secure. Any questions about phase two? No, that makes sense. And I know some people are like, well, I need timeline. Is it four yeah. weeks? Or, you know, it's a, a good a good a good rule of thumb is about four weeks for a phase, four to six weeks in a phase. That's typically um, about the timeline, at least for surgical um, protocols that that I've seen in, in so use. So four to six weeks four each to, phase. Yeah, but again, some people progress fast. I know some people are like, "What's the normal?" and "Will you progress me?" You know how I'm actually responding. And a lot of times I go, "We'll combine the two. Like I don't want to break the doctor's orders, but I also don't want to you know hold you back. So we'll we'll kind of you know, we'll go on. We'll get to the line and see what we can do." 
Phase three, we want to now make ensure that the patient is able to participate in the desired activities without episodes of functional instability or giving way. What are the things you want to get back to? And now we need to start working on those things. Okay. So recreating the movements. Re- exactly. So we don't want to throw out everything we just worked on in phase one, or no, sorry, in phase two. So I still think you need to continue three times a week with barbell deadlift and barbell back squat. I'm talking like that three sets, five to. But maybe not so much a step up, step down, and. Stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, if you have time, great. But all these these other activities are going to be quad blasters and hamstring blasters. Yeah, okay. So, um, I would continue with those. So we're going to address in this phase single leg activities, plyometric, sport drills, and jogging. You don't want to jog just yet because jogging is is like you're on a single leg. You're putting all your weight through that leg, and you don't want. Um, you want the quad to be strong at this point. And you probably yeah. want to have gone through some even jumping activities because you're basically just jumping. I mean, you're jogging, you're putting all your weight. So before you get, but we want to work on that in this phase. So the first thing you want to do is just start jumping in place. It might be small little jumps. You might be a little hesitant. You might need to hold on. You might uh, feel funny. You might feel funny. Set a timer for a minute. Start jumping. Timer goes off, rest, repeat three to four rounds. Uh, once you feel good with that, Try jumping jacks. So you might not feel good with that. And then that way you, you, you might need to continue doing exercises from phase two. Um, if the jumping in place didn't, but the jumping in place feels good, then I'd move to jumping jacks. So now you're getting a little jump, but now it's to the side instead of just up and down. It's going to give you a little bit more lateral and, you know, stability. You know, try it for a minute. Go three rounds. That feels pretty good. Get onto a step. Try four inches first, six inches. Jump off of it. And try and land equally with all these things. And you're again, you're feeling for that um, instability and or pain. After jump downs, we got forward jumps. You're starting to jump for some distance. Again, the easiest thing to do with the jumping activities, set a timer for a minute, 30 seconds to a minute, repeat a couple rounds. Once you feel good and you you feel you got the two-legged jumps down pack, you've gone up, you've gone down, you've gone forward, you've gone to the side. Now we want to go single leg jumping activity. So the exact same thing, single leg jumping in place, set a timer, three, one minute, three rounds, side to side jumping. It's almost like the jumping jack, but now you're on one leg, you're going Mm -hmm. side to side, set a timer, three minutes or three rounds of one minute. Um, Again, forward jump. How far can you jump forward? That kind of thing. Single leg jump downs, jumping off of a step on one leg. Now these are going to, these are going to be tough activities. So you got to really focus, um, but hopefully at this point we build enough strength. You feel good with two ju- two legged jumps, and now we're on single leg jumps. After you've mastered those, we got to get into some cone activities, side to side motions, forward, backwards. You know all that ta- diagonals. So using the four to six week um, time frame here, you, this would probably be more towards week four, five. At phase three, you're probably looking at you're about 12 weeks post-injury at this point. Okay. Yeah, if we're going like six so weeks. So I guess I meant, I meant, sorry, I meant like four to five in this phase. Oh, and then then in this phase now, yeah, you're probably at. Doing this towards the end you're when prob- you're talking yeah. about a cone drill. Yeah, you're probably at 16 weeks okay. post-injury at, at this point because you've gone to, through two phases of four to six, which is going to give you maybe around 12 weeks at this point and then now you're in phase three and you've already been working through it so you're at least three to four weeks into this phase so you're at a good yeah yeah 14 16 weeks at this point so again cone activities they're almost like shuffles you're side to side you're in that athletic stance um different ways you can do cone activities and we don't have to belabor the point and then 
we want to get to some jogging. See what jogging, jogging. feels like. Feels like jogging. Did you ever watch that jogging. that baseball video of that guy? He'd say jogging instead. Is of that jogging. what it's from? I think so. I thought I, it was Anchorman. Oh, is it? I don't know. We'll look this they up. They can guys. let us know. This is way more important. Jogging. Jogging. <laughs> Continue. Um, <laughs> and then maybe even getting into some squat jumps. So mm. now you're now you're combining like f- almost a full range of motion and explosion. Attempt this three times a week. Uh, this you'll be in this phase for a little bit. Um, and then after you've kind of mastered this stuff is when you want to start looking at, and again, you can start putting your sport activities if you're, you know, a lot of this is going to cover most of sports activities and the movements, but maybe you just need to get out onto the pitch as we talked about last week, <laughs> get out into the soccer field and start running around and see what that feels like. So, yeah. And I, th- I think there's a psychological aspect too. Oh yeah. Being able to trust that leg again. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to go out there and then scale it. Yeah. What would that might look like for you? Yeah. And guys, this is another good, Annabelle bought, brought up a really good point that I want to touch on is the psychological aspect of this. And then also, you're not a failure if you don't pass that screening tool. You're not a failure if you have to modify your activities. You're not even a failure if you can't get through this rehab without you know being able to progress to the next phase. And you're thinking, do I need to have surgery now? You're not a failure for needing surgery. Talk mm-hmm. to some local... Um, orthopedic surgeons they can help you out like if even if you've gone 16 weeks post i mean people have gone a long time before they've had their acl reconstructed with surgery like you don't have to have it immediately after Mm -hmm. you can try some of these things first you're not going to have like a quote-unquote worse outcome so to speak i mean i guess for those out there who are probably wondering is there a point there it's that you would say this is too late whether that's i don't know if we're talking months or years that you would say uh, maybe you shouldn't get surgery or is it never too late? You know, that's a really good question. I actually, I'm actually unsure of that. All the surgeries I've had have been almost immediately after, but I've known of some people who had a hard time getting in and they weren't seen for three to six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll still have surgery done. I don't know if there's an actual point or not. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. I have, I'll have to look that one up. Hmm. But again, you guys are not a failure if you can't make it through this. And surgery is always an option for this. But that's all that I got with non-surgical, you know, protocol screening and all that kind of stuff. If you do decide to have surgery, man, you just need to go see a therapist. Uh, And and most of the time the doctor, I'm not going to say they're going to force you, but they just had surgery. They just put, you know, they just had surgery. You just, insurance paid a lot of money. They're going to highly suggest you see a professional to track your, your, your rehab and everything. I mean, you do it for a lot of other surgeries. Why not this? Exactly. No, you definitely, you definitely need a, <laughs> you definitely need a therapist for this. So, um, I'm not even going to give a surgical protocol because you just need to see your physical therapist for that. Mm-hmm. It'll be pretty similar to what this is, but there's going to be a little bit more hard lines. Like you're going to want to be at 90 degrees by week two and like, 115 and 120 like you want to be before you move on to the next phase you have to you know they can properly track you yes exactly you as needed exactly you don't want to fall behind so i'm not even gonna give a surgical one you know go see your physical therapist your surgeon's gonna send you yeah. anyway but uh that's all that i got for this one animal you got anything that's all i got doc well guys this one might have been a little you know a little boring uh boring we <laughs> had to go into some research and some protocols here no, I think it's helpful though. But you know that might be you out there, or you might know somebody who tore their ACL. You know, share this with them. Hopefully, this. Oh, if you have any questions, just 
DM us. Yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're more than willing and happy to answer any questions you guys might have. We'll, we can answer on Facebook X now X. or Instagram or, uh, I guess that's the only way they can contact us. So I think so. Yeah. I don't know if the pot, I don't know. Does Spotify have any way they can contact us? I don't think so. You could leave a comment, say help. Help. <laughs> <laughs> we may or may not read it. I don't know. You guys yeah. got to comment first though. Yeah. All right, man. That's all I got. We'll see you guys next time. But remember you're human. We should not seek perfection, but daily improvement. All right, see you guys.